this is Anna. Welcome to ReaderPod Podcast. Okay, so today I get to speak with Melinda Alexander and I am stoked. She's the best-selling author of 10 books, nine novels and one non-fiction. And The Divine Feline came out last year and she had an event at the shop actually, which was fantastic. She's been writing for over 20 years. Well, I consider her a friend because we have gone for dinner before. I love her. Big fan. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Well, thank you very much. I promise I will not keep you for very long. I know no, that you're very I'm, no, and you're I'm, not I'm promoting your book and you're not you're just completely just doing it as a favor and it's so lovely of you. Thank you. Um, so you're the best-selling author of 10 books, nine novels, one non-fiction. I was just re-looking through all of your books again. There's no underlying themes that, that tie them all together. They're all such different books from one another, from different points of view. It's incredible. Yeah, look, I, I love to. Um, I really love to go into a completely different space with each book. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably I think um, with authors, we sort of have a question in our mind that we're constantly trying to solve. So there probably is that link um, and what would a you little say bit between is? them. That... Yes, yeah, so I would say it's resilience because they're really journey stories. The yes. character starts off in one place and ends up in another. And I think probably the writer who's influenced me the most, the, the book that I read when I was a teenager, that it just had that lightning moment of I want to be a writer, I want to be able to tell stories, mm-hmm. was probably Charles Dickens' great expectations lovely and I I remember one summer just sitting in my garden and reading that I was probably like 15 or something like that and just reading this journey of the character and the character meets other characters that influence them some good characters some Mm -hmm. bad characters and at the end of the story they might be a bit beaten up by life and by the Mm -hmm. circumstances Mm -hmm. that have happened to them but there's that depth of understanding about life a deeper understanding of themselves and of people through having made that journey and I would say that's probably what happens in each of my books that the characters do make that journey they are changed um, by it and the theme of resilience is definitely yeah there. because there's no one period that you focus on you are all over the place with your stories and they're yeah. all from different relationship points of view they're not always as at first, I thought there were a lot of the ones who, with the mysterious grandmother, but that's actually only um, Southern Ruby. They are yes. all so different from one another. They're incredible. Um, and so when thinking about it, they are all very strong female characters, but they're all so different. You are just incredible. Oh, thank you. I think it's a lot of a result of being brought up by amazingly resilient women around me. Um, On my maternal side, it's a Russian family Mm -hmm. background and Russian women are strong. I mean, I've been diluted because I'm half Australian as well. (laughs) So so I've got, it's actually a funny combination because I think from my father's side, I've got that sunny Australian optimism. And from my mother's side, I've got that deeper, darker, Slavic look on <laughs> life. Well, I, was it White Gardenia that was really based on your mum's? Yes, I used, yeah. yeah, 
I, I mean, she was too young to have been that character through that, mm-hmm. but the people around her and yes. I started researching my family history and that's where White Gardenia came out of. Mm-hmm. But with Russian women, I my mother took me everywhere um, that she went and when she went to visit her Russian friends, I used to love to sit there and listen to their stories and they were incredible women. Like they were feminine in many ways, mm. but they also had this incredible strength about them and so I never saw the feminine as weak I always Mm -hmm. saw you know a female power um, in just how they they were and they had different personalities you know one of them was a champion tennis player (laughs) others were you know um, amazing gardeners and so on but they'd had to um, endure so much and I think the thing that really affected me was they had to flee their homes Mm -hmm. at least twice in their life just Mm. leave everything behind and we're sort of traumatized by being made to stay in our homes at the moment a hundred percent yes absolutely but we're lucky to have them we're lucky to have I think there's a trauma when you have to leave everything behind your country behind everything Mm. that you've known and jump into uncertainty and because of that they had a different perspective on life they didn't really let little things bother them so much Mm. because they'd seen such extreme I mean they'd seen relatives sent to gulags and Mm. all sorts of things and the idea I mean earlier before we started our interview we had a discussion about sort of what's going on in our society and we had that without fear didn't we we had we had that discussion that we can just talk about what's going on absolutely at the moment Whereas if we had been in many countries now, but mm. certainly um, for a lot of my Russian relatives, there were not, we couldn't talk over a laptop and sort of, you know, have any sort of um, opinion about yeah. anything without feeling that whatever was happening in the government of the day, we could be uh, carted off and sent to a, a work mm. camp for the mm. tiniest thing. I mean, mm. I have my mother's... Um, great uncle uh, actually drew a picture of Stalin in his school book he was only a schoolboy, and he was dragged before a firing squad and shot and so I guess that's the thing that listening to their stories I developed yeah. an empathy for people who've really been through stuff. yeah absolutely well it that just shows through all of your books I think that you've got that real love of people and the real empathy for what people have gone through it's you're just, you're a beautiful writer. I, I don't think I've read any of your books that I haven't loved completely. Oh, Everyone's thank you. just better and better. They're just so delightful. Um, the Divine Feline is so different from that. It's a whole yeah, that was a new, book. Yeah, yeah, like in many ways, I guess it is different, but it does tie in some themes because it's very much about the history of women and cats, the yes. Divine Feline. And again, I guess it comes back to that power the way that I see women as powerful because in Egypt they were powerful mm-hmm. and the goddesses were equal to the the gods they weren't lesser subservient beings and of course cats became associated with the goddesses of Egypt through their connection with women and the household so it was really good to explore that but also sort of going through the dark ages what really happened to women and being any powerful woman being accused of being a witch mm. and a sort and of course cats were destroyed as well along with women they were associated with each other so it was really interesting to explore that because I think in many ways a society is still 
affected by that denigration of, of women and women's yep. power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so history, I think, teaches us not just about the past but the things that we're dealing with in mm. our present. Beautifully put. And so what are you working on at the moment? Are you going to be doing another fiction? Yes, doing- I'm actually working on um, a fiction book. I'm really um, enjoying it. It's going to be post-war um, fiction as well oh, so fantastic. Australia post-war it does have some um, connection to France as well and so I'm really enjoying it because it's a deeper mystery it's sort of building on the mystery woman but probably bringing in a lot more history than the mystery woman did and I'm really enjoying exploring Sydney uh, in 1946 post-war and sort of just where people were at and comparing it to where Europe was at and tying the two together, but sort of giving it a really nice retro feel so that oh, you feel excellent. that you're watching one of those classic black and white films, you know, with the characters and going deeply into the characters as well. So I am thoroughly enjoying writing it which is probably getting me through this lockdown <laughs> quite quite well yeah well, I have to say you are doing lockdown so well you look gorgeous <laughs> thank you I just wouldn't well that I think comes back from having a Russian background as well because it was like no matter what you're going through dress up like dress up <laughs> for the day and Russian women I mean when I went to research white gardenia I mean this is for real like you really had to see it to believe it but Russian women go jogging in high heels I mean not all of them but they do <laughs> they do like when you see those 1950s pictures of women in gyms and they're working out in high heels and you're going what on earth is that well apparently that's for your calf muscles but also (laughs) building up your calf muscles so that you can wear incredibly high heels so uh, I mean I have trouble walking in high heels oh I don't even try yeah (laughs) any any woman can jog in them it's just incredible Um, can we just quickly talk um, about your work with the animals quickly? I think I missed out on talking to you about that when you were last at the shop because we ran out of time and you just did such a fantastic job with it. I think, goodness me. You should yeah. Be- yeah, look, it's been yeah. a passion since I was mm-hmm. a child. I mm-hmm. felt an affinity with um, animals and I was actually just thinking recently that I played with dolls, like I like dolls, but the things the toys that I love the best were all my stuffed animals and my pet cat uh, as well. And when we used to go on holidays, like my parents, they couldn't say to me, just choose one or two of your favourite toys. All the stuffed animals would have to travel with oh, me what lovely um, as well. So it was really like Belinda's, you know, Noah's Ark yeah. of stuffed animals wherever I went. So my heart has always been there. And I used to imagine even as a child how I would save animals and how dear they were to me. Mm-hmm. And so it has worked out that way in my life. I have a very deep compassion for them. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, see them as, as things yeah. that we just use and that we can exploit anyway. I've always seen them and trees and our bushland as well as something that we live with, not mm-hmm. something that we can just recklessly destroy and have no regard for it as a, a living thing. And so I guess through my writing and also just the way I am in my daily life, I do value those things and it really breaks my heart when they're not valued. And so I guess 
if I could say what my purpose is in life, it's probably to use what talents I have to draw people back to seeing that we have this incredible beauty around us in beauty and nature, our bushland, and then all the animals that inhabit it as well, and also our domestic animals as well. Just I think our human beings, we're at our best when we're one with nature. Mm-hmm. And when we become disconnected with nature, we're not at our best. And I think writers have a role to point human beings back to our heart direction, almost to put us back on the right track and to lead us into the future as well. So I think I really hope that the person that I am and then the, the kind of books that I write, I hope that I can have some sort of, you know, message in that. And some oh, sort I of think you live that purpose that. 100% every day of your life. Goodness <laughs> me. You. Even just like a quick glance at your social media, I just am always so uplifted when I see what you contribute to my day. I think you do an incredible job with it. Always so uplifting. It's never condescending. I think when it comes from the heart, Mm. that's really important. I mean, I do get criticism for that as well. Like sometimes I do get trolled for speaking up. Yeah, sometimes I do. But you know what? I think that if you're going to stand for something, then you're going to upset someone. So, you know, I think it's just part of it. I do get pushback. And also I come from the point of view that I'm far from perfect. So I need to be educated about other things as well. Like recently I read a post from uh, an author that I really like and admire and she um, shared the fact that she'd had a a diagnosis of being autistic. I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I I don't know very much about that subject. So I probably have a lot of misconceptions about it. So none of us knows everything. All of us need to, it's like we've all got a little piece of Mm -hmm. the crystal And we all need to come together to put that piece of of what a beautiful world and a beautiful life is like. What a beautiful understanding of the world, yeah. I think you just do it with the nicest, most empathetic, shining light. You do an incredible job of living. (laughs) How are you doing and everything? Because I know that we've um, enjoyed your salons at your cafe so much and there's such great gathering places to bring readers together and to discuss books. So, you know, now that that environment is so early, missing that. So so what are you doing to sort of keep keep going? Well, I'm trying so hard with my virtual book club and my podcast. And so I thank you very much, most sincerely, for letting me interview you today. (laughs) But um, I am so untechnological, so it takes me so long to do any of this type of thing. So... It feels like my day is really full. And then when it gets to the end of the day, I'm like, I did a Canva post. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so proud of myself for having done it. And I'm like, actually, somebody else would have taken five minutes to do that. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. But also, I remember when we first met, you were just starting your (laughs) gathering. Yes, you were one of my first authors. And so, and look how far that developed as well. So, isn't it? It's all a thing that I guess... It's an opportunity that we're in at the moment that we can try different things, isn't it? We can. This is exactly how I'm going to see this time, just as a, a time to try something new, to really give it my all and just to, to try so hard. <laughs> and while I'm here, just be flattening the curve as well. Are you reading anything great? Uh, well, I've actually um, 
been reading a lot of uh, nonfiction uh, for my uh, books, which has actually I found like some really interesting things as well. But fiction I have been reading now. Let me see. What have I read in the? Oh, I've read uh, Natasha Lester's uh, new book, Love The it. Riviera House, which is I'm reading good. it at the moment. I yes, that. And um, I read The Imitator as well. Oh, did you like um, that one? Yes, I did. Me too. I did enjoy that. Yeah. And um, what else has been on my list? Oh, The Aviator's Wife. Um, oh, I haven't read well. that one. Yeah, so I've enjoyed that because I've always been uh, interested in Charles and Anne uh, Lindenberg. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that I got to read that one as well. So, Ah, yeah. you've been keeping very busy. You're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I went through all of your books, like long and hard. It's just they're lovely books. Thank you. It's because there's a lot in this head. Anna. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which in some ways is an advantage, in some ways a disadvantage. Well, it's an advantage as a reader, I tell you, Belinda Alexander. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get next with one of your books. <laughs> but you're definitely one of, well, you have been for, gosh, I think I've been reading your books for years now and you're just one of those autobi authors for me. <laughs> Oh, thank when you. When I see you've got a new book coming out, I know that I'm going to love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Bless. Um, well, thank you very much. I so sincerely thank you. It was so lovely of you to take the time out of your busy day. What are you off to oh, next? Good. Well, um, I'm probably off to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's my exotic travel for today. I'm probably going to um, have a sandwich and a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> excellent always doing something good <laughs> oh bless well thank you so much could not appreciate it more thank you thank you um, Anna. thank you i will see you later and thank you very much again hope to see you in the shop soon okay so thanks for listening please rate review and subscribe see you next time on read a pod podcast